Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. here for yet another edition of Nobody Told Me That. And Kevin, you're back again with me. Welcome. You cannot get rid of me. I am the cockroach. How are you, my friend? The cockroach. So, <laughs> so the cockroach, and for those of us who uh, who are younger, not, not necessarily me, back in the day when we were like under the threat of nuclear attack every five seconds back in the 80s, remember? We talked yeah, about yeah. how the cockroach would survive the nuclear right you know, apocalypse. And so if you were wanting to live through that, you, you needed to be a cockroach. <laughs> and, and, and and we survived. So somehow, uh, you know, hey. <laughs> Do you remember doing drills in school? Oh, yeah, because nothing helps you with a nuclear bomb more than putting your hands over your hand or your <laughs> hands over your head. Yeah, you know, that, that, that'll that protect you. It'll be fine. So. Radiation free. It's a good block, right? Yeah. You know, the the day after, do you remember watching that? The day after scared the the pants oh, off. Oh, absolutely! That was yeah. one of those whoa things. Yeah, yeah, it was awful because I thought you know going to bed. I, I was young enough. I was young enough for like going to bed like freaked me out because I was like at any minute those weirdos across the you know across the world are going to press the button and that's it. You know. <laughs> yep, I hear you. Because <laughs> they're all weirdos when they're on the they're other all side weirdos. of the world no, and absolutely. you're seven years old or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then you grow up and now you've got, I don't even want to mention the the Russian guy and the North Korean guy, because who knows who's monitoring this podcast. Yeah, I don't yeah we love the world. You know, uh, let's, let's <laughs> think of like Michael Jackson and everybody here real quick. So it's all good. NSA, please move on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> don't, exactly. don't stop nothing to see CIA, you know. Uh, so, um, so it's funny that you said the cockroach and that just like triggered a whole bunch of childhood. Oh, yeah. memories, it's, so. it's what we do. <laughs> Well, I just got the uh, the official mascot bark here, Griffin. So uh, if he makes an appearance, I apologize, but he is just, he's antsy this morning. He's, he's, he's worried about the nuclear war as well. You can tell. Yeah, he's, uh, he's worried he's not going to get out to the, um, the fox that we have out in the backyard. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. We have a fox in the backyard, which is, uh, my husband told me twice the size of Griffin, <laughs> but Griffin goes after this fox whenever he can. And it scares me because I have to make sure I watch whenever I let them out in the backyard. Cause it's fenced in and they can run and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, we have to keep an eye out cause this fox started, um, making a, I guess, I don't know, a den underneath our shed. Oh. Um, so now Norman has turned into some, this type of contractor where he's out there putting up fences and, you know, fox proofing the shed and all this kind of fox. stuff. Meanwhile, Griffin is patrolling <laughs> the perimeter of the yard. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, terriers, they think they're, you know, huge, great Danes. Oh, absolutely. Stuff. You know, big, big heart, little body there. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. All right. So um, today we wanted to talk about the cost of health care because you and I have I've been having our separate um, health issues. We, yeah. you know, because we're just getting to that creaky age, Kevin. Oh, yes. We just have issues. Um, 
And you were you were talking earlier about some some costs that you have to undergo, and and I want to share some of the in-house stuff that I've been hearing on the road. I just had a really good class up in Cleveland, and the in-house savings plans, man, they're on fire. They're yeah. hot. So um, we want to talk about that. And but I want to hear it from the medical side because I love hearing what's going on on the medical side because we really need to pay attention to what their industry does and and what happens to their industry because they really are the bellwether for like about four years, four to five years down the road for what we see in my experience is what, what I've seen. So let, tell us about your, your tale of woe, oh. your tale of healthcare woe. Do you, do you have the sad music to play behind me? So I, I wish. Like no, person. I only have this here. <laughs> Which is really not good. So. what I felt like whenever I they told me how much it was going to cost me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll have it ready for when you, you drop the number. Okay. All right. Get get it geared up because here we go. I was telling Teresa that developed a hangnail. You know, it's one of those things that it eventually turned into something bigger than it was, and developed a little bit of an abscess to go along with it. I tried to take care of it. You know, we'll save you all the gory details and everything. But I finally decided it was something that I couldn't take care of. And since uh, Dana, you know. Uh, my, my wife, Dana Johnson, uh, and I are both self-employed. Then there's, you know, right now, insurance is just too expensive for us to, to carry. So we don't, except for like catastrophic stuff. So I decided I'd pay a visit to the local minor uh, emergency clinic and they could uh, do what needed to be done with my finger. And I walk in and I said, you know, hey, don't have insurance. Just kind of curious what kind of costs we're talking about here. And she looked at it and she said, well, that's definitely something that's going to have to be lanced. So we're talking surgical suite and you just walked in our door. So there's an office visit. And she said, it's going to be right around a thousand dollars for your visit today. There you go. Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and, and you, you left out the part where it was on your middle finger. So you're basically. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I did. I, it was. Probably like eighty dollars, Kevin. <laughs> I did flip the lady off, you know. But she took it. She took it in such style and grace as well. She should. So, you know, I did it with the kindest of intentions. But after she she said that, my and I picked my jaw up off the floor. Yeah. She said, "But here's the good news, you know." And she was great. She's a good seller. I'm telling you, this lady was. She said, "But here's the good news. We happen to have another option for you." And of course, my ears perk up. And she says, you know, if you want, you can sign up for our membership plan. This will be $145. It'll cover today's visit, whatever happens. And you're in for three months. So if you get sick again in the next three months, it's only a $35 office visit. And just, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't take this, you know, and obviously I'm thinking the same thing. Right. Uh, you know, but I thought it was very interesting that, you know, she, she knew the cost was going to shock me. And she also knew she had plan B sitting right here. And you could tell that she, uh, that wasn't the first time she had introduced it that way. So I, I just thought that was very interesting to kind of see behind the medical curtain, like you and I were talking about a little bit. We went through a period and it's interesting, the pricing and how she kind of gave you that big, big number. Yeah. Yep. Um, so years ago, maybe, maybe just two years ago, uh, I was, we lost, no, it was three years ago. I apologize. Um, we lost our big healthcare because Norman transitioned to working for Odyssey uh -huh. and, uh, you know, Odyssey didn't, we didn't have a plan. We were self, we're self-employed people. So we had our own individual policy. So, and I'm actually pretty decent friends with the manager of the medical practice I go to. 
mm-hmm. uh, which has been just priceless as far as, you know, talking and about the industry. And I'll lead into that in a second. Really good insight from this guy. When I went for a visit, I was expecting, you know, it was going to be the $200 visit that it normally is when I used to have coverage. So I get there and I'm ready to, you know, I've got the credit card, you know, just all ready to just be depressed for a $200 20-minute visit. Yeah. And she pulls out this big binder of fees and, you know, cause they have so many codes with so many fees. Sure. She pulls out this big binder and, you know, there's a self-employed column and she goes down there and she's like, you know, going through it and the self-employed, well, not self-employed, the uninsured is what I should say. The uninsured column was like, I ended up paying like $85. Oh, so they were, you know, they routinely billed $200 to insure when I had insurance, but when I was self-pay, it was like a, a 60% discount almost. So, yeah. and I remember, you know, saying to the guy, I, you know, walked in, he's, he's been a friend for a while, walk into his office and I'm like, what's going on here? I thought it was going to be a little bit more, you know, am I getting a discount? You know, thank the doctor. Cause I'm thinking I'm getting a discount. And he's like, no, no, that's how we do it for for self-employed or for uninsured because we can afford to do that with the fee schedules. There, it's almost like you know, we're, it's a sunk cost. We're already here. You guys are always going to come to us. You know, it makes sense for us to discount that. So yeah. it's a totally different way of thinking. And but I was like, this has got to be. There's got to be something illegal about it. Like. It, <laughs> Because yeah. the fees are so different. So we're overcharging the insurance companies, you know, and, and he had mentioned to uh, while we were discussing it, he had mentioned that, you know, they, they negotiate these fees. And, and when they do, you know, the insurance companies know, you know, they're, they're going to offer courtesies to other patients. I mean, it's almost like they know that, but these are the fees they agree to. So, so it's almost like they, you know, it, the, the insured people subsidize the uninsured people, which is exactly how it happens in the hospital scene. I mean, that's why all the uninsured or yeah. unemployed or homeless or whatever get get lumped into that category. They are able to be seen because the insured people subsidize it all. So, so tell me more about this plan, though. So you're saying it's $135 for three months and your office visits then are only $35 yeah. each? Yeah, that's right. And then, of course, you can extend that for $35 per month and then $35 office visits for as long wow. as you want, which, you know, to me as the unemployed. Now, thankfully, Dane and I are both very healthy and we work hard mm-hmm. to stay very healthy so that we don't have to, you know, worry about minor emergency clinics. But for a situation like this, you know, I was very thankful it was there, you know, so I guess at the end of my three months, I'll have to decide, is that something I think is worth extending forward? But, you know, she tried, she mentioned the annual plan. I think the annual plan was only like $355. So, you know, so yeah, it it was just very interesting to me because that meant I could have had a whole year for about maybe a third of what they were quoting for that one visit uh, with my finger. So, yeah, I, I, you know, and I thought immediately of you, uh, you know, because the the membership plans and the insurance behind the scenes and all this stuff. I'm just like, oh, I wonder <laughs> what uh, Teresa thinks about that. What about like tests? Do you get all of those free? Like what if you needed to go in for, um, I'll just say, I have to have a colonoscopy soon. Yeah, for me, uh, I, I think that's all done through okay. my primary care physician and then go us out that way. But but still, primary care is not covered right. under that. And you probably you know, have a big so, deductible too. 
Do you have to whenever you don't have insurance? I mean, do I, I have to what? Pay a deductible? Well, I mean, do you have to meet? Do you have to meet any kind of a deductible or anything else? Oh no, you don't no, have not any at all. Kind of insurance. No. Spinning it back around just a little bit, I know that you know whenever I've had some dental work done lately, I've always said, well, you know, what's <laughs> the cash price? Uh, yeah. Which is always interesting yeah. as well, you know. <laughs> And it was funny, the lady up front was like, oh, I'm glad I don't have to deal with the insurance. And of course, thought about yeah. you as well whenever she said that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's an interesting uh, world whenever you're on the I don't have insurance side of the fence. Just the amount of coverage that insurance gives is stunning to me. Not, not on the dental side, because that's just yeah. a whole different animal. But on the medical side, you know, with my thyroid issues and with various other issues, you know, I was pretty much at roughly, I would say about 150 a month. For medications when I was, you know, when I had no coverage. And then now every time I go to CVS to pick up my prescriptions, you know, I like I'm, I'm just trained. I pull out my credit card and, and the guy tells me there's no copayment. And I'm sure. wow, just blown. I am blown away every time I go to get my medications. It just is amazing. And, you know, and it makes me very, very happy to have coverage and the older we get let's face it we're going to need that kind of coverage we're oh, going to yeah. turn into our yeah. parents with like the the turntable the lazy susan of medication <laughs> time, to, time to fix my pills you do your pills yeah, for yeah. the week exactly <laughs> i'm doing mine i'll do yours too you know? <laughs> we're getting there we're getting there so but, but oh, it no, is, God, um, it's, scary. it's i'm just so glad we have coverage you know because now i have to go through a whole bunch of testing and we're just getting to that age where the testing is necessary and um and i know you and dana are relatively healthy but even for healthy people at you know starting age 50 and past there's just stuff we have to get on a regular basis to make sure you know we're oh, not yeah. slowly dying inside hey there's your thought <laughs> of the day folks good night everybody no, oh, geez. <laughs> i know that was bad. we start out with cockroaches no, surviving but, nuclear but you're right now just you're dying inside (laughs) i was just in uh cleveland and i was at i gotta give a shout out to row dental lab they hosted i mean it was a event put on by patterson patterson brought me in because their members are just like crying for insurance so they brought me in for a full day at row dental you know fantastic company but fantastic lab i love speaking at labs because it's you get a built-in tour it's like dinner and a show i mean i love have you gone back and and toured labs before i know you have but yeah it's been a while though but yeah it is pretty cool to see behind the scenes there too you're right yeah i mean i just was like kind of all over the place and they're like do you want a tour and i'm like oh i i kind of just wandered And then I was like, sure, but yeah, I already saw it all. But just this, the machines and the milling, it's just, it's really amazing. Okay. So, but anyways, I was just in Cleveland and we of course talked a full day of insurance and, and of course the in-house savings plans always come up. I actually just added it to my presentation because I know it's going to come up. And my favorite part is when people in the audience share how they're doing theirs. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I'm hearing is in the beginning when these in-house savings plans or membership plans started up, people were making them very, very complicated. Like you'd have one plan for implant patients and you'd have one plan for family and you'd have one plan for perio patients and here's your plan for denture patients. And I mean, people just kind of, because they didn't know what they were doing. So they, they kind of went a little bit detailed, which dental front office people, that's kind of what we do. Now what I'm seeing is just flat rates. Doesn't matter if you're sick or not. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, got a ton of stuff or not. Just here's your flat rate. We're not going to do like all this, this picking and choosing, which makes sense because for your membership, it's not like they factored in that you had any illnesses or that you were healthy. It's pretty much, that's their plan, right? Absolutely right. Seriously. 
Yeah, it was just, I mean, it's just easier that way. So, so just, just to share what, what we're hearing. Well, first of all, I always need to break it down what this type of plan is so that I know you talked about on the medical side, on the dental side, you know, you usually see anywhere from 199, which is really the lowest 199 to anywhere I've heard up to 499 a year for a plan, which covers diagnostic preventive, that would be complimentary. That's part of it. So any evaluations, any radiographs, anything diagnostic, and then also like your fluoride is, is covered, your cleanings covered. Um, some people are including sealants. I, I think, you know, sealants, I would not include sealants, but I would give a really deep discount. So in addition to that setup, then they would give anywhere from 10 to 30% off of their fees for the patient. The patient has to pay up front. And, and you know, I hear 30%, I kind of go, Ugh, but 15 to 20% is where I'm comfortable. Um, there's a lot of companies that are offering to administer these now. I, I don't have any affiliation with any of them. I'm sure you could look it up and they'd be happy to help you with it. But the majority of my audience members are administering it themselves uh, and, you know, figuring out their their processes and they're not they're not finding that it's necessary to hire a company. Although the ones who do hire a company say that it's such a relief to not deal with it so that, you know, there's good and the bad. You lecture primarily to the clinical team members. Yes. Do you ever hear about this in your classes? Honestly, I, I don't. Uh, it's not something that, that I've heard a lot about. Uh, I've heard a lot of it through through talking to you, uh, you know, and, and some other friends that are in the industry. But as far as in my lectures with clinical, no, I haven't yet. But I, I think, I think yet's yeah, the important word there. And here's what I'm thinking. So when I was in the office, you know, I was the one who handled all of the finances. If somebody needed care credit, there I was. If somebody needed payment plans, there I was. If somebody needed, you know, business long treatment plan phased in, you know, phased out over months because of insurance, there I was. What I'm definitely seeing now more of is assistants are being asked to have these conversations. Yeah. You know, you'll hear assistants talking about care credit now, whereas they never did before. And now with computers in the operatory, you know, you can quickly pull up these sites to, to show them. What I think is going to happen is the in-house savings plans are still so new to the front. The front's still trying to figure it out that right now what they're doing is classic office manager behavior. I know because I get it. We're kind of keeping it for ourselves right now because we don't want anything to mess it up. You know, right. we're the ones that are going to deliver the message. Call us if a patient has questions. Don't even attempt it. You know, let me get it right. It's still so new. So I think once it becomes more uniform, then you're going to start he hearing it because they're going to be expected to talk about it. So I don't know, maybe start slipping it into your, your classes to see if it's something, just a quick kind of a, in a temperature of it. Yeah, you know, maybe that's something you and I work on a little bit for dental assisting. Oh, digest, that's a good idea. Even. Yeah, uh, we should totally yeah, do that. Uh, and congratulations on your, what is it, third most read article? Yeah, we, you know, we, we talked in the last podcast about bullying and, and it still just keeps moving forward. I'm still amazed the amount of people who are reaching out saying it's happened to me. Here's, here's what happened. Uh, it's like a very uh, cathartic thing that they're getting this off their wow. chest. So, yeah, it's it's very uh, interesting. I did not expect it to take on this life. I've got to be honest with you. It's it's very interesting to see, and it's very sad to see it. You have time. a class ready for that, like that. You have a class called Confessions of the Dental Assistant. You need to put that together. Oh man, I, hey, I gotta go. That's a great thing to start working on. Exactly right. Seriously. Well, we well we are doing something at Yankee Dental, and I you know I know you're going to be there as part of our Ignite yeah. DA day. Love Yankee. Same here. Love love being in Boston and the assistants in that area are so great. We are going to start the day with a dental assistant survival Ooh. kit, uh, a roundtable discussion, and I have a feeling 
that's going to be part of it. Just to oh, show I'm excited. See, I don't even know what's going yeah. on. This is still like you're in the lab oh, creating I, this stuff. I, I just gave you a peek behind the curtain. Just raised just a scotch, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> I, I'm excited about it. Uh, so back to the dental savings plans though, with this, our patients, the, the thought behind it is that our patients who are self-employed, and retired are needing this kind of help with their benefits. And so without a doubt, the retiree is the one who is the, the biggest consumer. Self-employed, yes, but across the country when I talk about this, it's the retirees because they know Medicare. There's not a lot of dental. The supplemental plans don't make a lot of sense premium-wise. This in-house savings plan seems to have, have taken off. I think medical, you know, I don't know if this office has always offered this. If you go back, I'm curious if you want to, if you could ask like how long they've had this in place. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious too. And, and when we're off the air, I'll send you the link. Cause I don't think this is just a local uh, here in my town in Colorado. I think that uh, it, it looks like it's a little bigger. So there may be other locations around the country. So, Hey, well, and, and here's the, here's the thing is that there's, there's now being, question the legality of these types of in-house savings plans. And I know some of the state boards are considering it. And I get the question all the time, you know, is this legal? Am I going to do all this work setting it up? And and honestly, it's so state specific. And this is where I'm going to go. You need to find resources. I don't, I don't have the answers to this, but you got to keep up with what your state is doing. I'll give a shout out though, and I'll find the link for it. But ADA is putting on a webinar in the next month or two on in-house savings plans because they're getting so many questions about it. That's Good. Yeah. So that's kind of a barometer of what's going on with that. But I, I think today's office, and I say this in my classes, today's office has to offer something for the uninsured. You know, at this level, it's a competitive point. If I'm going to go to a couple different websites, um, the one with the membership plan and I'm uninsured, I'm going to keep going back to that one and check it out versus oh, sure. the other one. So I... I just think it's, I think we need to do it. You know, two years ago, it was kind of like the hip edgy thing to do. Now I think everybody's doing it. So I have a question for you regarding the bullying. When you are on the road and you're hearing these stories, do you hear it? Uh, it's mostly female on female? Because I know there's mostly female assistants out there. Is it? Is that mostly what it is? Yeah, it, a lot of that. It's it. Uh, from what I have seen, I've seen a lot of front to back. To be honest with okay. you. Okay. Yeah, that was my next question. Uh, is is it? Yeah. Is it the clinical team versus the admin team, or is it the assistant versus the doctor? That's such it, a different type of bullying when it's the doctor. Yeah, and and I have seen. Um, you know, there was there's a couple of examples given to me of doctor to assistant. There was one physical bullying example given to me of that, which which really just kind of broke my heart a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. But but a lot of it is the whole. It's almost like clicks. It's almost like us versus them. Like you're back in high school mm -hmm. and people talking about each other behind the back and purposely knocking things off the the deal that they have to clean up. You know, I mean, I'm just like, really, how old are we? at this point. Yeah, for sure. From the manager's point of view, I was thinking about this after we talked last time. You know, there are managers out there and I'll hear this that, you know, the the assistant or the hygienist or whomever is a senior person in the office, and you know, more veteran, not not older, but just who's been there the longest. Sometimes they just kind of run the show and and a manager, you know, will hear the complaints from other employees and really they have no power to do anything because the doctor refuses to fire them. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you know, the, it's the whole, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. And that's not always the best way to do business. Well, and that dynamic there. So if you're in a situation and, and 
you know, the manager sympathizes with you, but the doctor is absolutely, you know, she's, he's never going to let, you know, Sally go because Sally's the best assistant he's had, or, and he's never going to let Sally go who, because Sally's known the office forever. She's been up front forever. Patients know, honestly, if you find yourself in a situation like that, I don't, I don't think you're going to get real good resolution. I'm going to be quite honest. I, I don't see an upside in that situation because it takes too long to move that needle and it takes something extreme for there to be a reaction. And so, I mean, I hate to say this and to doctors who are in listening, you know, I'm not trying to get everybody to switch jobs, but honestly, if you find yourself in that situation, I just judging from experience, I mean, years of experience, hundreds and almost maybe even thousands of office managers I've talked to, they are not going to change that situation until something drastic happens. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and that's the whole, you know, I, I always tell my audiences, you know, life's too short to be miserable. And life is too short to spend so much energy just trying to live up to somebody else's expectations that are so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. We don't ever say, oh, you need to quit your job because that's, that's not it. But if you've run out of things that you can try and you've tried to resolve the situation in every way that you can, at some point you've got to say, is this toxic? situation really worth my time and energy right go to some professional meetings start talking to other people and make comments like oh i you know your office sounds great i wish you know wish you had any openings because you never know who has openings that actually happened at the uh denver office manager study clubs where somebody came in and was was really just not happy in her job and one girl across the table was like well i'm looking and i'm sure they talked afterwards so yeah, it's, yep. it's a good yep. stuff. It just, you just got to kind of put yourself out there. Um, I want to share, I know this is going to be kind of a shorter podcast, but I want to share one situation that came up in a class. And I, I think this is, you're just going to find this funny. This is pure comedy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. This girl came up and she was, she was like, what do you do? What, what can I do outside of being a manager? Because my hours are getting cut back. And he's letting people go and he's slowly like closing the office. And I'm like, okay, well, is he losing money? Like what's going on? And she said, no, yeah. <laughs> she said, our patients are all old and they're dying. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> and the oh, dentist geez. is older and hasn't brought on an associate. And he's quite content with just kind of winding down the practice. And here she is. She's put in 20 years in this office, grown it. And now she's seeing... Uh, seeing the erosion of the practice and he you know he doesn't want to let her go he's paying her a pretty decent amount so even if it was full, part-time she's making really good money for part-time she's like what else can I do and you know we kind of brainstormed a little bit and I just was laughing because I I have heard this this is not something uncommon you know my friend Raina who lives out in, in Colorado oh yes of course so Raina when she moved out there she worked for an older dentist and he was at that age too. All the patients were dying and she'd call me and I'd say, what are you doing? I thought you were working. And she's just like, oh, a patient died, you know? And it was like funny when you hear that, like, oh, just a patient wow. died. And I'm like, wow, that's so sad. And she's like, no, it happens all the time. <laughs> so, wow. So that, that's I mean, amazing. I, I, we haven't been, I've, I've never been in an office or worked with a dentist where they were of that age where it's actually happening. But, you know, she, he, she said that they, they, have they work in the morning because he's a morning person and then from about 11 to 2 they don't work um you know they do kind of admin stuff but he's napping he has a couch in his office and every day 
day. Oh he goodness. naps on the couch and, and then he does dentistry in the afternoon. And, you know, she's like, all of the patients are old. They won't leave him. There's no new patients. So because, you know, he's not doing any marketing, the practice is slowly dying. And that is what this lady was saying. And so I thought this is an impossible situation. I understand that the money is good, but what are you going to do? You know, you have to really figure out, is this worth it? So, you know, my advice to her was to maybe use this time to go back to school if you want to, you know, take some classes that you are looking for, maybe that you're a little bit not not as strong on because let's face it, she hasn't been in a very progressive practice for a while. So I said that to her and you could see her face kind of go white because she hadn't thought of it that way. And I said, there's a lot of stuff going on out there that maybe you're not aware of just because this practice has not tried to do anything new. Like she's not doing in-office messaging. She's not doing reminders, recares, none of that stuff. She's kind of answering the phone, to be quite honest, and filing insurance. It was just really funny because she said the other two dentists in the area are all very new and she drives by their offices and they're just hump, you know, hopping, hopping, hopping. And she's like, I don't know if I can keep up with an office like that. And I said, well, you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure this out so I just thought there's so many different situations that we find our audience members in there's no good answer there's no like stock answer for it and I just was very fascinated by this because I listened to it when Raina was going through it and eventually the doctor passed away and you know then they had to go through this whole you know selling the practice which is a whole different ball of wax and this lady telling me her story but I've heard this before where the doctors they've got to figure something out you know I know a lot of the fadoms the the fellows of ADOM. And a lot of those are very experienced office managers who have been with their offices for years. And it's the same thing. They're, what am I going to do? And uh, yeah, it's just... I'm, I don't know. Do you have, I, you have assistants who are assistants for life. I mean, what do they do when they're kind of towards the end of it? I, I remember one, one assistant, she was, she told me that she and her doctor grew up together. They practiced together, they worked together and she was getting to end of her career or, you know, at least could see it on the horizon and the dentist and, and they both swore to each other, they were going to retire together. And, and I've heard that from a lot of assistants, actually. Uh-huh. He was actually killed in a car wreck. Oh, Bless. And it was like five years before they kind of had that date that they were going to retire together. And she was talking to me after this meeting and she said, you know, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. She said, I, you know, I never thought I was going to have to learn anything new. I never thought I was going to have to do any of this because I knew what my path was. And all of a sudden I don't have any idea. And I feel like everything has passed me by. Wow. You know, and, and it's, you're right. Every story is different. Every practice is different. Every, every office manager or assistant comes at it with a different uh, viewpoint. And, and, and honestly, that's one of the things, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. That's why I love what I do and getting out there and talking to people. But I also encourage them to talk to each other, you know, use each other for that support and to ask questions. It's it's so important to have a support system. I mean the the fact that these podcasts now and the Facebook groups you're so, you feel so much closer to people even though yeah. you don't necessarily see them um, in person and it's really it's very cool when someone comes up to me and says oh my gosh I listened to your podcast or oh my gosh I <laughs> listened to your webinars and it's you know I want them to feel like there is a place they can go to for some answers or at least to, to hear a comforting voice. And I know you're the same right. way with your, your webcast as well. So it's a, it's a tough industry that we're in and it's, it's changing really fast. I mean, the fact that your medical provider has this plan um, doesn't surprise me. I'm really curious to find out how long they've had that plan. Dentistry is following 
medical. Medical, you don't find a lot of independent practitioners who own their own offices or their own clinics anymore. You just, it's very, very rare because it's all owned by hospitals. It's all owned by corporations, you know, bigger facilities who can fund it. And doctors turn into employers versus entrepreneurs and dentists are, you know, we talk about this in our class. We're seeing a lot more who are choosing not to open their own practices. They're oh, yeah. It took about a five to 10 year timeline to, to kind of go our way. When I was doing my uh, graduate program, that was starting to happen in medical. And now it's it's full swing. It's absolutely yeah. full swing. It's all They're all health systems. Um, there's no Dr. Smiths. And as a manager, what do you need to do to prepare yourself for working for a system versus, you know, an individual practitioner. And as an assistant, what do you do in that situation as well? Because now you probably will have clinic managers, you will have regional assistant directors, you know, regional clinical directors, and then you'll have a local clinical director. It, it becomes very stacked as far as hierarchy. Do you see that where somebody, somebody says, okay, they corporation bought our practice and now everything's changed? Oh yeah. I get a lot of questions right now from assistance about, uh, you know, the, the dental assisting students, uh, whenever I go speak in schools, they ask me what it's like to work in corporate dentistry. Uh, a lot of dental assistants who have had their practices bought or, you know, their dentist is forming a small group practice with other groups uh, or with other practices. It's, it's interesting. And oh yeah, there's a lot of questions out there. And I think, again, it goes back to what you said, this, this is a change that's been slowly building for a while. And I think people kind of said, oh, I'll put it off. Oh, that's not going to happen here. And all of a sudden, they're that frog in the boiling pot of water, mm -hmm. and they've got to figure out what's going on. You know, I, 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 there is one thing about an acquisition of a practice that's always bothered me, and this is a little off topic, but just dealing from emotional points of view. The thing that has always bothered me about acquisition is that the seller is told to keep his staff in the dark. I understand yeah. why. So I'm not... I'm not saying that that's a bad practice. I understand why I've been on both sides of that, you know, as a consultant and my clients have been on both sides of that. I, I get it, but it gives the bad taste in the industry. It gives some, some bad blood on the street because you'll hear, you'll see in Facebook groups, my boss is talking to a corporation. What should I do? Oh, my boss has told me that nothing's going to happen, not to worry. And then you'll hear a million comments. Oh no, that's what they always tell you. You'll you're not going to know until you yep. come in. And there's that real fear that 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 really is happening. Yeah. That's scary because you really don't know. I mean, the doctors got to be quiet about it for many reasons. The manager often you would think the manager would know and the manager hardly ever knows. It's scary out there. So I just, I wish that was more transparent because I think that that puts a lot of fear when it comes to acquisitions together. I, I just, I don't see that changing though because the necessity is there. I'm a big fan of anything in life. Let's get it out in the open and let's talk yeah. about it. Let's, let's get it out in the open and prepare for it. And when you keep things from people, you know, man, that, that makes it so much harder. Well, you know, because you've got employees who depend on you and have depended on you. You have employees who, you know, have, have bills as well. And now you're telling them sure. uh, after 20 years, thank you very much, but you're going to have to re-interview for your position. Um, and I'm going to ride off into the sunset, which, and I, you know, we, we have one lecturer who we are both friends with and he kind of did that and I can share who that is later, but he did that and it kind of broke his heart to see what happened afterwards. I mean, cause he stayed on for a little bit. And yeah. it, it broke his heart to see it. And if he, I think if he had to go back, he wouldn't have done it the way he did. It is what it is. So don't be scared. And now we're ending it on a bad note. We started with cockroaches well, and the apocalypse. I and know. Dying inside. Dying inside, inside you know. <laughs> 
And now I'm saying out of nowhere, you're going to, you know, <laughs> here comes the hammer. It's not like that. So don't, don't. It's not. No, no. <laughs> Kevin, you have to keep me like happy and, and positive because it seems like oh, today man. I'm the one that's bringing us down. <laughs> If I've got to be Pharrell Williams, we're all in trouble. I'm just telling you. Uh, you, know. you know, our friend Mindy cracked me up because uh, we were we were driving somewhere. Or we were somewhere. I forget where it was. And she was talking about that happy song. I think she may have even started singing or whatever. And I turned to her and I said, but is he really happy? What I meant by that is because when you look at his face, his face has he has the same face. Like I think his face, like he, I'm sure it's not Botox, but it doesn't move, right? Like it's just the face. So he doesn't smile very often. It doesn't reach his eyes. So I was like, is he really happy? And Mindy just started cackling because she thought that I was like trying to be all existential and stuff. And I was like, no, I just don't think the dude looks happy. (laughs) So I can't listen to that song and believe him. I don't believe Pharrell is happy. There, I'm going, there's my book. Okay, now see, now you're doing the, see, you're bringing us down again. (laughs) Now you're calling Pharrell Williams a liar. Come on, man. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna title this one Teresa's in the dumps. That's what <laughs> down in the That's dumps awesome. with Teresa. <laughs> That's great. All right. So enough of this before I really start predicting the end of the world. Um we're gonna be back for another episode. Kevin, thank you as always for sharing your time with us in the audience. Oh. And yeah, and, and we will be back for another episode as always because we just have too much fun doing this. So hopefully you'll check out uh, more episodes of the podcast if this is your first one. Hopefully you'll check out Ignite DA, which is Kevin's site, and check out all the webinars and all the fun stuff on my page and on both of our Facebook pages as well. Uh, until the next episode, thank you for listening. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.